What's happening, guys? It's Logan Robinson from here, the Spirit, presented to you by NoGamers.com. We are here with our instant reaction after Florida State takes down and practically splatters the Yellow Jackets, 41 to 16 here inside Doe Campbell Stadium. It was a noon kickoff. Florida State took care of business. A little bit of a slower start from Mike Norvell and a little costly mistakes here and there, but eventually momentum swung in Florida State's favor, and they put this one away pretty well with me. This afternoon is just Dustin Lewis, our editor-in-chief at NoGamBay.com. Dustin, how are we doing? It's nice to have a win here again after Florida State's three-game losing streak. Very nice, especially a win by, you know, three or four possessions like Florida State was able to pull this one out today. But it really, kind of like we talked about on Wednesday night, thought coming out of the bye week there might be a little bit of sloppiness early, and we saw that from Florida State with the fumble at the goal line that Georgia Tech was able to turn into the field goal. But, I mean, from there on, Florida State pretty much dominated this game out of a outside of a touchdown from Georgia Tech coming out to begin the third quarter. I mean, a one 131 to three total yard advantage at the end of the first quarter, 360 to 24 yardage advantage for Florida State at halftime. And I mean, man, that was pretty much the story of the game. The offense was able to get it clicking finally um, at the end of the first quarter and into the second quarter. And then the defense, especially in that first half, flying around eight tackles for loss, two sacks only in the first half as they really just took it to the Yellow Jackets. Yep, they did. I mean, the stats are just wild to look at. Number one, we'll start off with Jordan Travis having another career high and passing almost 400 yards, four yards away from a 396 on the day, three thrown touchdown. He ties his career high and passing touchdowns. d this just looked like a really dialed in Jordan Travis on this field today, and he talked about it. And Mindervell did, too, during the press conference, saying, you know, I kind of had some anger going into this one. You know, I just enjoyed the bye week, said he went down to Orlando, did some shopping, did a lot of thinking for these two weeks. And he came out here and looked sharp and he connected with a lot of wide receivers. He go to Johnny Wilson to his 78-yard uh, catch and run, really impressive. Just overall, a really nice day from your QB1 in Garden Gold. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's any secret um, that – you know, people knew that Jordan wanted to come out here and play better. He put a lot on himself over the uh, the three losses that Florida State suffered by a total of 18 points. You know, there was a couple throws throughout the course of those games. You know, you think back to North Carolina State. There's some things that he wanted to take back, and especially going into this bye week the last week, he wanted to recharge and also just get back to the fundamentals. And we talked about it on Wednesday. You know, I, I thought Jordan needed to come out here and play a little bit more loose, have some more fun. And I thought that's what he did today, but he did it in an engaged manner. And there were a couple drops from the wide receivers, but overall the skill players did a good job of of getting out and and getting open and making plays for Jordan. I mean, you look at the 78-yard touchdown pass to Johnny Wilson where he breaks a tackle, then he puts a juke move on the defender, and you've got a six-foot-seven guy going down in the open field, sprinting into the end zone. And, you know, it was either a drive or a couple drives later, Travis goes to the left side and hits Lawrence Toa Philly for that long receiving touchdown. So Travis was on point, but I thought his skill players did a good job of helping him out as well. Yeah, they definitely did. Not at first, though, with the drops. That was another thing. It was like, felt like flashbacks. (laughs) Felt like flashbacks earlier in the season where it hurt Florida State. But there was a response in that one with Lawrence Toa Philly having those two fumbles. And he makes that great catch. And then he, I think, the, what the play after the catch was even more impressive with finding the end zone there. You know, uh, more Norvell talked about Toffoli after the game, just saying that that's why I love this kid. This is we we just see that in him, and they believe in him, and that's why they continue to go with him even after the two 
fumbles during the game. So a nice, nice day for the offense after a slow start. Uh, we talked with Jared Burst too after the game, and he said, you know, we, we can't have a slow start like that again. Uh, it just can't happen. And we talked about it on the podcast all throughout the week. You know, Florida State's got to play four quarters. They did that a little bit, little bit there, but you know, the first quarter just still slow for a team that you're going against Georgia Tech, as we saw today and we've seen in weeks past. Not a special team. You're expected to come in and dominate, but you know, a little bit of a faster start. And that may be expect. That might. Not be of a surprise, D. Lou, with them coming off a bye week, had the rest, but still got to have a quicker start heading into next week. I don't think it's a surprise. It's a surprise. You've got to be a little disappointed for Florida State to come out on that first drive and have two back-to-back drops on third and fourth down that force you to turn it over on downs, and then get up into the goal line and you've got that bad snap from Marie Smith that Lawrence Toafili isn't able to quite corral, and then yeah, Georgia Tech recovers and that's how they get on the board. First. So, I mean, there's still some mistakes that this team is making, but I think you've got to be encouraged, you know, despite Florida State having two turnovers and a turnover on down, 642 total yards today. They almost outgained Georgia Tech by 400 yards. So, I mean, even despite these miscue- miscues that the offense is having at this point in the season, they're still putting up a ton of production, um, especially, you know, when you look at Georgia Tech, they'd only allowed, I believe, one other team on the season to score 40 or more points, and that was Clemson. So, their defense, not the not the most highly rated in the country, but, I mean, they had been solid at certain points. And I thought Florida State, for the most part, put together a very good rhythm after those first couple of drives. And, you know, we talked about Jordan Travis, but then you've got to go to Trey Benson as well. I mean, he was just running through every single tackle out there. The, the duo of Benson and Toa Philly has been very productive for Florida State, despite Treshawn Ward being sidelined these past two games. So if FSU is able to get Ward back uh, later this season, I mean, man, that three-headed monster might be running as good as it ever has this season right now. Another running back to mention here, we saw return of C.J. Campbell walk on running back for Florida State. Really impressive here. We, he talked after the game, all smiles too. And, you know, he, he told us right up, you know, he, he came back from a broken fibula. And for this recovery to happen so soon, Minervell called it remarkable. And it sure was watching him go down on the field and get into the end zone was truly impressive. And then to see on the Jumbotron, too, looking at the sideline and almost half the team, if not more, almost the whole team going over there to celebrate with C.J. Campbell. He brings such a different kind of presence on the on the game field here and also in practice. We see it all the time. We see it with C.J. Campbell and just the love and admiration his team has for him. So seeing him get into the end zone was awesome. You know, back in August, we were told that from Norvell that we wouldn't see him for the 2022 season and for him to come back after an injury in August, now getting the end of October to come and do that. Extremely impressive. And if you're able to get CJ Campbell going, you saw a little flashes here today. That's a special running back. We, we were very high on him during the spring. Um, you know, you had the unfortunate injury, but this is a special talent there. And this room is absolutely loaded. Once you do get Trayshawn Ward back. D-Lou. It just says a lot about the kids mentality to suffer a, broken fibula, which is, I mean, is a a very serious injury to undergo surgery um, and then to fight his way back. And, you know, he was out on the practice field. This is the first time that we've seen him at practice um, in full pads, taking contact this week when we were out there and to have him come out, get in the game um, and then score his first career touchdown. I'm sure that's got to mean the world to CJ Campbell after the off season, he had, you know, a, a really good showing in the tour of duty good slate of spring practices where it seemed like, hey, maybe this guy could break into the running back rotation among these other three guys who have been terrific 
this season. And, you know, for CJ Campbell, a walk on scout team player of the year last year, you know, that's, that's kind of just, I feel like an epitome of the heart and soul of Florida state to see a player like that work so hard to get back and then have some success. Let's jump over to the defense, D. Lou. We got to see a lot of sacks today. We saw really nice plays from Jared Verse. And, it, and you saw Fabian Lovett back out there on the field. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to tell. I mean, I and it's Georgia Tech, let's be honest here. Georgia Tech, not having a great season, interim coach, you know, a lot of things up upside down for them right now. But you see Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett, that tandem back together, that pressure on the inside just increases by so much, man. It really does. We talked about it on the show earlier this week that when the, when that tandem's together, Robert Cooper feeds off of Fabo and it's the vice versa over on the other side for Coop. And, you know, the pressure was there. You also on the outside with Derek McLennan, Jared Burris, and also shout out to Leonard Warner too. He's had a nice couple of games in October. Just the pressure was all over the place and it wasn't easy for two backup quarterbacks on Bobby Mountain Field. Yeah, the first half uh, for that defense, I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. It felt like from the front seven to the defensive backfield, everyone was engaged and flying around. You know, we talked about the eight sack or not the eight tackles for loss and two sacks in the first half, 360 to 24 advantage in yards. And Florida State only gave up one first down in the first 30 minutes. And Georgia Tech was only averaging um, one yard per play at halftime and under one yard per rush. So, I mean, from the get go, the defense was really getting after it. I'd, I'd have to see. Shit, I guess six, six three and outs in that first half, five three and outs. I have to go back and look at it exactly. But it felt like Florida State's defense was coming out there. And then about 30 seconds later, they were forcing a punt. And at first, it got a little sloppy over the final over the final 30 minutes. I thought you know, the defense didn't – it wasn't as engaged after halftime. And then as things went on, you got some younger guys involved. AC, AZ got taken advantage of a couple times there um, in the end. But overall – very strong performance from this defense. And after playing three really good offenses like you just did, to have a performance like this going into these final four games, I think it could really help this unit come together, especially now with Fabian Lovett back. And you know, we're predicting him to continue to play a bigger role moving forward in these final four games. I was going to say I was pretty impressed with how many uh, how many snaps he got today, D. Lou. I was like, it felt okay. like I felt like there wasn't much taken off him. We, I mean, of course, in the fourth quarter, you had a lot of starters, including Fabo and Robert Cooper out, and maybe some others too, like Jared Verse. But Fabo got a lot of snaps today during this game, and that's yeah. got to be a really good sign for him going into a big-time rivalry game against Miami. But I, I thought that was really impressive to see him out there um, and, and first-game action since injury against LSU. He just plays such a vital role to not just that defense, but as a leader on the team. And having him on the field is even greater. Yeah, I mean, he was getting in the action up until the middle and, and through the end of the third quarter. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested to check out PFF whenever that data becomes available just to see what his snap count looked like today because, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the 25-plus range, like you said. Seemed like he was out there pretty often, but at the same time, Florida State, they were getting Georgia Tech off the field fast. So, interested to see what that final pitch count looked like. Yeah, but I know Renardo Green, too. Oh, right in the hands, man. Right right there to the chest. Yeah. Can't come away with the interception. Just little missed opportunities by the defense today that could have really sealed the deal. Put this game away a lot earlier. Mike Norvell said the same exact thing. These little missed opportunities – could have helped Florida State put this 
to an end at halftime almost and just execution. And I do think you go on, you have a bye week, have time off, a little rust. But once Florida State found that rhythm, uh, they were putting it away and it wasn't even a game. So a nice, solid performance from Florida State's defense taking care. This was expected to take uh, just dominate against Georgia Tech. And they did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if there is one thing that you would have wanted to see coming out of it, maybe Florida State gets a turnover or two in this game. But we did talk a lot about how Georgia Tech just really doesn't turn the ball over. Only six total turnovers entering Saturday, where as they had forced 15 on the defensive side of the ball, I guess they can add two more to that today to increase their turnover ratio, which was fourth in the country um, entering Saturday. So, I mean, you would have liked to see the defense get a turnover, but I thought with the amount of pressure that they were able to put on Georgia Tech with the tackles for loss, the sacks, it was a a pretty darn good performance. And, you know, there's just some natural – human emotion to kind of drop off a little bit when you're dominating an opponent that much um, in the first half. But, I mean, the way they were flying around, it's very encouraging um, for what Florida State has to deal with over these final four games. Yep, final four games. Florida State is going to go take on Miami next week on the road. D'Lo, how are you feeling about this one after just barely getting away with a win against Virginia? What was that? Quadruple overtime? 14, yeah, it went four overtimes and 14 to 12. No touchdowns scored in the game. Oh, I'm so glad it, it was, did not watch that. It was, three, it was three to three going into overtime. I'm sure that was a very Yikes. thrilling game for Miami fans. But yeah, exhilarating. It's kind of it's hard to judge Miami until we really know what's going to happen. Um, Tyler Van Dyke couldn't play today, so he was replaced by backup quarterback. Jake Garcia, I feel like if that's the Miami offense we're going to see next weekend, Florida State has a very good chance at pulling off a road win in this rivalry. But we'll see if Van Dyke is able to get healthy enough and make it back because, you know, he had a pretty good game against Florida State last year. Everyone's going to remember the spike and a couple of the interceptions he threw. But this is a capable quarterback when he's in a rhythm. And if he is available next weekend, you don't want to let Miami find that rhythm. No, not at all. Jordan Travis. Ending off the press conference saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to push this team. And sure enough, today he played well, and he's. I think this team is excited to get down there to Miami getting their first true rivalry game of the season whenever they take on Mario Cristobal and the Hurricanes. But today, Florida State takes care of business, defeating Georgia Tech, splattering them 41-16. to D'Lu, anything more? Yeah, they ruined they ruined my title, man. If if it would have been forty one to ten, that's more of a splatter. But of course, I was talking to Tommy up there in the press box on that final play, and I was like, I was like, hey, Tommy, watch. Georgia Tech is going to score with zero seconds on the clock, and sure enough, I mean, quarterback yep. sneaks in there, and forty one to ten would have looked a lot better than forty one to sixteen. But I think regardless, Florida State. We'll take this one and, you know, five and three, you snap the three-game losing streak. You've got four more games, two of them rivalry games against Miami and Florida. You were only one win away from getting back to the postseason since 2019, and maybe that's something we're overlooking a little bit today. But regardless, Mike Norvell has Florida State on the cusp of bowl eligibility for the first time since he got to Tallahassee. So that would be a big achievement for the Seminoles, you know, if they're able to pull it off. I think they will. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I hope. I, I think so, too. I think there's a good chance that Florida State is going to see bowl eligibility and we'll be covering a game 
outside of November. That would be very nice to do that. It's been a very long time, but like I said earlier, Florida State takes care of business. 41-16 to 16 against Georgia Tech. We will have a show on Wednesday night at 8 p.m., giving you full preview and breakdown of Florida State versus Miami. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us today. Enjoy college football and football tomorrow in the NFL. And we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday at 8 p.m. here on Hear the Spear. See you guys.